Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, The Love and Dating Guru with Dr. Dan, an industry expert. I'm very excited about this show as it will bring new insight to our many listeners about the dating challenges in the 21st century and the do's and don'ts when seeking your soulmate. Everything you need or want to learn about the how-tos of dating and relationship will be discussed here. How to avoid being put into a friend zone after the first date, being catfished, conned, or getting scammed, and so much more will be covered in this podcast. Toxic relationships can cause strife, breakup, or divorces. Infidelity, trust issues, troubled finances can contribute to these challenges. Guests appearing on our show are experts in this industry, sharing their insight about what you can encounter in any stages of dating, getting into relationship, and whatever else comes next. My name is Dr. Dan, and I'm your host for today's episode. I am a bilingual cognitive behavior psychotherapist specializing in relationship, marriage counseling using the EFT method, and post-divorce strategies when transitioning back into a single life. I provide individual one-on-one sessions in both French or English, and also do group settings. If you need any assistance, reach out to DMV Therapy and Coaching Services at 301-325-1550, and our official website is metalifecoach.online. Today, I'm very excited to have for our 10th episode of season one, a very special guest, a love and dating coach, Ronnie and Ryan. And just like my previous podcast, I will leave it up to the guests to properly introduce themselves as no one can do a better job. Ronnie, the floor is yours. Okay. So you want me to introduce myself? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. That's correct. Okay. So I have been a love and dating coach for 20 years. I can't believe how time flies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. And um, it's really been an incredible experience. Uh, there's a lot of rewards. I love when people find love and when they follow my advice, they often do, usually. And then um, I've been on uh, radio and TV and all over the web on ABC, NBC, Fox News, NPR, blah, 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 BBC. So I've been around, baby. (laughs) Well, that's good. In a good way, that is, hopefully. (laughs) Yes. Yes. In a good way where they seek me out as an expert. So I'm very happy to be on your show today with you, Dr. Dan. Well, thank you so much for being here with us, Ronnie. And I know that uh, our listeners are the one who's going to benefit from your extensive knowledge in this field. So um, tell me what are the mo- the common denominator that you experience in your career as a love leading coach in terms of what are the most common problems that people see or experience? Okay. Well, first I want to admit that I do work mostly with women. I have had some men as clients, which has been really fascinating for me, because then I get into the mind of the man. And that really helps with my um, women clients, too. So I'm going to most of my experience is also, of course, heterosexual. So I just think it's important to give you my, you know, where I'm coming from. That's just because that's what I know. You know, that's all my experiences. So um, what I have found with women, for the most part is they sometimes fall into two camps. One is they're ridiculously picky. Okay. (laughs) And the other is they're clueless about what they want and they're not picky enough. So we have 180 degrees. Mm -hmm. That's what I have found a lot of terrified women who have been burned, hurt, disappointed, and are really struggling with getting back out there. Uh, although I have also helped, and, and that could be a woman who is 
not picky enough or too picky. They just are terrified. Both of those on either side of that coin, that will keep you single if you allow it to, for sure. But I understand because I was <laughs> I was single um, until I was 40. So I had a boyfriend in high school and he asked me to marry him. I had a boyfriend, boyfriend in college and he asked me to marry him. I said uh, no to both of them because I felt I was too young and um, I just didn't think they were relationships that were going to work, even though I really loved them both. But then I had what I call um, Death Valley. Okay. Uh, From 22 to 40, I did a little bit of dating. I dated one guy for three months, one guy for four dates who brutalized my heart at 36. So then I was um, on the shelf again, as they say. So when I got to be 40, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing now? I'm 40. I'm going to be single the rest of my life. I was so terrified myself. So I understand terrified. And uh, I thought, okay, something's got to change, which I realized had to be me because I thought I just didn't meet anyone who was interesting. Okay. Uh, That, of course, was not actually the case, but it sure felt real to me. That felt real. But as it turned out, uh, when I really did some self-assessment, took a hard look at myself, I didn't realize my heart wasn't open because my boyfriend in college I had been through a lot with him and I just felt crushed that it didn't work out. And I sort of held a torch for him for a ridiculous amount of time, losing my youth to the nonsense in my head. (laughs) And so, um, so anyway, I understand why women do these things to keep themselves single. Like I'm an expert on that too, because I did it for so long, but then I realized, all right, time's up. This is serious. Get serious, girl, because if you want to find love, um, put your, um, you know, put yourself into action. So I did a ton of work. I've been a student of spiritual and personal development for so long. And I took all the different lessons I'd learned in all the different classes. And I made a little program for myself because at the time there was nothing available. There were no dating coaches. So, uh, It worked, though, because I dated 30 men in uh, 15 months to find the man I've been married to for 22 years. Wow. 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 Okay. so um, based on all the women that you've coached before, would you say that women basically set up some kind of defense mechanism in their own mind? Because, you know, those who actually are too picky because they do not want to get hurt again. So they always find excuses to not fall in the same trap. So is that something that you see some commonalities? I definitely see that a lot. Um, I also see people who are afraid, you know, they're not good enough, which is the flip side. Uh, Also, there's a lot of concern that no one will see them, pay attention to them. They're not smart enough, pretty enough, young enough, skinny enough, whatever they fear, you know. Um, But yes, the women who are too picky, I, I actually was at a networking meeting and I had just done a little speech and the woman came up to me and she goes, you know, I have a test for men and not one man has passed yet. And I said, well, you're doing a good job then of keeping yourself single. That's great. She was like, what? You know? <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure that test was designed for all men to flunk. So yes, that is actually a good point. So what would they deliberately want to stay single again? Is it just the fear of getting hurt or is it just because they have a checklist that is longer than the state of California? 
Yes. <laughs> That's funny. So I think it's a variety of things. I don't, I can't make a blanket statement. Some women are afraid of being hurt. Okay. Some women say they want love, but I'm not sure they do. I'm not, they have, they're very independent and they feel that it will require too much compromise okay. on their part. Uh, some women don't want to have a man control them in any way, shape, or form, even if it's through love. And all relationships do require some kind of compromise. Even your friendships often require some kind of compromise. You have to negotiate where you're going to go to dinner or which movie you're going to see or whatever. There's always something you have to you know, decide on, agree upon together. So yeah, I think a lot of that keeping them so that picky list as long as California is you know, this idea that they're looking for the perfect man sometimes. And uh, I don't know about you, Dr. Dan, but I know as a woman, I am not perfect. I do my best, but, <laughs> and so chances are you're probably, forgive me, not perfect either because nobody is perfect. So now that doesn't mean we should settle either, right? But there's a whole lot of gray area in, in between those two things. I agree. Um, so when when we see the the ladies that are setting themselves up for failure because of always putting all the men in one kind of like category or a box, if you would uh, say so, um, then they basically just have set themselves to not accept any men in their lives because they deliberately want to be single, as you mentioned about the the test that men all fail. So isn't that well? I, I got to interrupt because I don't know that that's a conscious choice. Okay. That might be an unconscious choice because they're setting up all these hurdles so they don't have to do it, but they might not be consciously thinking, well, I'm just going to ask for something impossible and then I don't have to worry about it. I don't know it's, uh, if it's quite that conscious. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yes, oh, I do. Exactly. Yeah. But the thing again, it's hard to really read someone's mind. You know, even though I am a therapist, it's hard to really put in what really they try to kind of like um, protect themselves to what extreme. Yes. So again, we, we do not know exactly if they del deliberately put themselves in a position where they will reject any single men that are interested in them. And again, you talk about settling. So, so what to which or to what limit do women accept about saying, you know what? This guy is nice. This guy is this. This guy is this. But he doesn't have this and this and this and this. So should I settle or should I work with him to be able to find some kind of synergy? Now, that is a case by case basis. You know, you, I don't think you can make any blanket statements there. But I think that um, someone will say there's just no spark. So they meet a, a nice man who's consistent stays in touch, asks them out, wants to spend time with them, asks and is cares about what they like, what they want to do, what they want to eat, you know, ask them questions about themselves, has good conversation skills, knows how to have fun, but that spark just isn't there. And that can also happen. But for me, a lot, I mean, you do need attraction. There is no question about it. Nobody, yeah. But sometimes women are looking for that um, super sizzling hot chemistry and that can also be a great way to stay single <laughs> because you can find that chemistry, but that is usually the drive to mate and procreate and continue the human race. 
that hot sexual chemistry is not an indication that you're going to be compatible partners with lasting love in mind. It could be fun in the short term, yes. but generally speaking, uh, that is not a good sign and not an indication of what's going to work long term. And that's so hard to deal with sometimes when people feel so much chemistry and attraction, like, but we're so good together. I'm like, I don't know. If you were good together, you'd be together, you know? That's true. But then again, this is when the adage comes in where they say beauty fades, but personality stays forever. So sure. and if let's say people do get together and they are very attracted to each other, but then they lose the look and the physical and, and everything that follows. But what's left is the personality. So if you don't yes. have that, you've got nothing. But how come we don't do a reverse engineering and go back on the opposite to look at, you know what, you have to look at someone that you're compatible emotionally, spiritually, and physicality will come afterwards. So why is the physical and sexual attraction such a predominant factor for people to be together? Or, you know, oh, we may not be so this or that. And then they kind of like are too... Uh, you know, not really paying attention to the real important flags. Well, it could be that they haven't had good role models to demonstrate what that looks like for them, or they've internalized what the movies show yes. or books or whatever about how love is, which is, you know, I mean, sometimes they do a good job, but... <laughs> A lot of times it's been professionally written, which our lives, our lives are not as professionally written, right? No. <laughs> so our life um, is 50 shades of gray. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, those are the kind of things that could, you know, potentially cause some problems. So how do you go around it when you come to, when women comes to you, uh, Ronnie, and they tell you like, okay, well, my checklist is this. I want to be able to look at for someone like that. But yet you see that the list is kind of like ludicrous. It's kind of, well, hold on. You should kind of like narrow down the most five important points that you would like in someone, but not give me a list of 500 items. So here's what I say about that. I have five must haves and five deal breakers. Okay. Okay. And those are your primary concerns. And then you can make a laundry list as long as you want, whatever it is. And just know you're not going to get everything on your list. So as an example, women will tell me, it doesn't matter how tall the woman is. Like if she's five foot nine and she wants a man who's six feet tall or taller, I get that. But when you're five foot two, when you want a man six feet tall, that might be your preference. But you know what? If he was five, ten and a half, he would still be way taller than you. And so this is the kind of thing I say, because a six foot tall man fits into the only 10% of the population. So now that has nothing to do with whether he's married or the right age or available yes. or, 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 you know, looking or whatever. So that just is such a limiting factor. I work with them to expand their criteria. Uh, I call it the ballpark theory of dating. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here's my ballpark theory. Uh, when you go to, this is about baseball. So when you go to the baseball park, there are guys in the parking lot. There are guys selling peanuts in the stands. There are guys in the um, vendor, vendor booths. And there are lots of men sitting in the stands. And you could say there's the box seats up on top when they're having a party. And then there's some cheap seats and there's some seats in the middle. And then the super high up cheap seat, whatever. 
And then the, everybody looks at the ballpark and they look at the field and they only want the players, right? <laughs> and I think there's absolutely no coincidence about the players, the charming guys, da, da, da. And, and I always say, forget the players. Now let's move on. And, then they, and I always tell them, listen, if you don't want to date the guy in the parking lot, and this is all analogy, obviously, or you don't want to date a peanut vendor or whatever, fine. I don't care. That's fine. You still have an enormous ballpark. And so what I try to get them to do is understand the fundamentals of what they want and date any man who has, who fits into that ballpark three times. Because if they meet a man, they go, I don't know, there was no spark. I'm not really sure. I'm like, then you need more information. So you need to go out on another date. Okay. So if he calls and asks you out and you're unsure, go again. Because a second date might be different. You know, sometimes men and women can be nervous. And so on a second date, things might loosen up. And if you still aren't sure on the second, go on a third. After three dates, if you are still like thinking, eh then fine. You've really given it three tries and then you're out, you know? So that's the ballpark theory of dating. <laughs> well, that's a good theory. And I hope that everyone can apply it because it's really valid in terms of how dating in the 21st century should be. But you see, the thing is, is that a lot of people are looking for kind of instant gratification. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. to find that spark, find that chemistry, sexual chemistry, physical, emotion, whatever it is. And yet they don't give the time to really get to learn about the other person. But here's, here's the interesting thing. And maybe you may or may not disagree. Um, during this pandemic, we have seen a lot of people where in the past, when we have those dating apps such as Tinder, Bumble and all, people were like swiping, meeting that person that same night, probably having a one night stand and then moving on to the next one. But now because of this pandemic, a lot of people have had the chance to be able to really get to know the person because they could not meet in person. So they get to learn about who they are, what they like, their dislike, and so on and so forth. So despite the fact of the many lost lives, may they all rest in peace, that we have seen a complete change or a, a drift, we would say, in the dating scene, because now people really take the time to get to know the other person. And especially now with the catfishing, the, the being scammed and conned, like the Tinder swindler, I'm sure that you've heard about him. Um, now people are more cautious. Well, oh, that's a big bite. So, yes, it is. <laughs> so yes, that is a good thing about the pandemic in a way that it has caused uh, the process to slow down. And of course, that is a good thing. Um, I, you know, I work, I tend to work with slightly older women who probably aren't jumping into bed as often as maybe the younger women do. And I have no judgment. It's not about the judgment. I don't, you know, to me, you know, do whatever, as long as you're safe, do whatever works for you. Yeah. But um, I, I'm going to um, just provide a different point of view. I feel like, yes, is there catfishing? Is there you know, other stuff. Yeah. You know, swindlers, blah, blah, blah. Yes, there are, they're out there. Uh, in 20 years, I've had one client that was impacted by this okay. 20 years. One client came to me after she had been swindled out of a lot of money because he loved her and he needed money and she gave it to him. That was sad. But and I have to tell you, <clears throat> um, at 63, she found love with a wonderful man who was always bringing her flowers and whatever. And then she married him at 65. Wow. And I, I just want to say you not to focus on that. Be careful. Be smart. 
Yes. Be cautious. But, uh, you know, if, and don't give money to anybody. Yes, the simple. <laughs> Very simple. You know? Don't give money and don't get anybody's car until you get to know them well, right? And don't let anybody in your home. Sometimes women write to me and they say, you know, we, he came in and then one thing led to another. And I'm like, of course it did. Uh, don't, you know, don't go inside the home. If you want to, if, you, if your intention is to not fool around, stay in the public eye, you know, and that'll solve okay. the whole problem. Mm -hmm. That's true. So um, when it comes to the, the, the type of like men that these women that you coach, they look for. Now, obviously you said that you have the, the five main category or you, you mentioned something about the oh, sure. look for um, and the five uh, criteria that, uh, that they should be like those deal breakers and not. So what are the deal breakers that they have to pay attention to? The deal breakers? Yes. Well, they get to choose from their own life experience, because every woman's had different life experience and, had, and wants different things. So they pick the five things that they want and it has, to, it, it can't be, it, it doesn't need to be trust on a signal because to me, those things are given, but it might be kind, fun, intelligent, you know, those kind of things. And, and these are personality characteristics. On the don't side, on the deal breaker side, it's often addiction. Yes. Um, narcissism. <laughs> uh, that's such a popular word now yes, very much so <laughs> uh, and um somebody who's sorry other mental disorders as well by yes of course healthy so they're looking for somebody who's healthy and then um you know they don't want cheap they want somebody who's generous they don't want um people who are um harsh treat other people harsh like you know, watching how somebody handles the wait staff in a restaurant can tell you so much about who they are and, and how they operate in the world. So, um, so those are the kind of things, you know, they, of course they don't, oh, the couch potato. Mm, that oh. is a huge thing, couch potato. They, women always complain that men just want to sit around and they want to go out and do things and they don't have to be at it 24 seven, but they want to try new things. And so they want a man who's willing to try things. You okay. Know. okay, fair enough. Um, but would you say cash potato and ambitious? Does it, I mean, obviously this is the opposite spectrum, but if someone has a normal job, a steady job, but yet when they want to go home, they want to relax. Is there so much opposition for, to that? Or what do you say cash potato? Is it someone who doesn't have a job and is just lazy or someone? No. Who, so to what, to what extent would it be cash potato? So I think it really boils down to watching a lot of um, sitting down, at dinner or after dinner and just watching TV all night and then not wanting to go anywhere or see anything all on the weekend. You know, I think some women be happy to just go for a walk somewhere. It's not about money. Um, they would like to go out to dinner once in a while and be out in public. It's been hard, but you know, they're still on up, especially with the warm weather coming yes. up North anyway. And um, they want, they once in a while, they want to go to a museum or go to a play or go to a movie or go to an outdoor concert or something, um, maybe have an opportunity to dance or not. A lot of men don't like to dance, but, yes. um, you know, so they just want to be out to socialize and to try new things. Like a lot of women say, let's just take a road trip. Let's just take a day trip, go somewhere that we haven't been, try a different restaurant and poke around in a shop or two. And my clients are not that demanding. Okay. It's just that they don't want to sit and watch 
every football game. <laughs> I agree. With, I, I cannot stand watching football, so I completely understand why they're coming from. So that's uh, definitely good. Yeah. So um, tell me more about where can our listeners, first of all, okay, before we get to that, um, if you could give like one most important advice to all of our listeners that, li- that are listening out today, what would it be? Because I know it's a, yeah, you, you may tell me, well, then it depends on the experience of each, et cetera, but something that would be universal in terms of uh, advice when it comes to dating and relationship. Okay. Universal advice, piece number one, learn to flirt. <laughs> like flirting is not sexual. Flirting has no promise. Flirting is just feminine friendliness and you making it easy for men to talk to you. A lot of men have been hurt and wounded too, and they're afraid of rejection just like you are. And they just want to know you're going to be nice and not bite their heads off. (laughs) So please learn to flirt. And it's as simple as holding the eye contact for two seconds and smiling before gently turning your head. That is an amazing, when you're out in public, you know, that can be such a nice warming thing because basically you're just saying, I see you. It's nothing more than an acknowledgement. You're not promising to stay the night or anything like that. And if you talk with them, you don't have to give them your phone number. Try to be friendly, friendly, flirty. And the second thing is take the pressure off yourself, dating and men. Just meet some people and see what happens. When I started dating all those men, I was running through my list on every single guy. Does he meet all my criteria? And besides it, taking away the fun and trying to interview them to see if he was a match for me. That wasn't fun for the guy, by the way. (laughs) You know, don't forget you're being, you know, you're being judged against criteria too. And so if you just relax and meet some new people, you'll be yourself, you'll be authentic, you'll be relaxed, and then you'll put the man at ease. That's a very feminine kind of energy that will make him feel more at ease as well and hopefully let his best side come out in case he's a little nervous or whatever too. And there's no downside. So you wasted an hour having a cup of coffee with some guy you never met before. So what? You know, I always say every man you meet brings you one man closer to the right man for you. There's a lot of learning journey. The journey to find love is a journey of self-discovery. You're learning about yourself, what you like, what you don't, what works. And so there's no waste of time. If you think it's a waste of time, you spent too long or you're not catching on to all the learning opportunities possible. So that's my big advice. Beautiful. So where can our listeners find you, Ronnie? Oh, they can visit my website, which has over 1,500 blog posts answering all kinds of dating questions and catastrophes. It's at nevertoolate.biz. So it's never too, T-O-O, late.biz, B as in boy, I-Z. So, um, and there, there's also some free gifts. I have a dating IQ quiz there and stuff. So, so is, do you have like a specific, you said you wrote a program. Do you have a program for those uh, ladies who actually are dating like a six month program or a year program or how does it go? I have a, um, one of my programs is, you know, they can self paced. It's all recorded or whatever. And that's, you know, they could get it done faster than eight weeks, but they could just do one, um, one session a week if they want my own coaching programs. I don't do the long-term programs anymore. What I do now is short-term. So I do like six weeks or six sessions. And my job is to get you ready and then push you out of the nest. 
then (laughs) I just, I just want you to have all the information, the savvy, the knowledge and whatever you need to navigate the dating scene, the modern dating scene. And then a lot of times what people do is they say, all right, let's have another series where I can actually answer the specific dating questions. Like this guy said this, this guy did this. What does this mean? How can I look at it? Like, I have some good x-ray vision, Dr. Dan. And like somebody will tell me a story and I'll just cut right to the chase. I know what's going on. And I have never been wrong yet. Always a possibility. Of course. (laughs) We have to, (laughs) we could be either good or bad. (laughs) Right. I also write dating profiles for people and I will look at their wardrobe and help them pick out um, what they should wear for their photos and as well give them poses that are really good for their pictures. So when they get them taken either by friends or professionally, they're gonna show themselves off in the best possible way. All very tasteful, you know, nothing ridiculous or over the top. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Ronnie, that is all the time that we have for today's podcast. And I really do appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us and sharing your extensive knowledge in the field of dating and relationship. Now, the many recommendations you share to our loyal listeners will help them better navigate through these choppy waters. Now, we hope that you've all enjoyed today's episode, and I'm very excited about the many upcoming industry experts that we have scheduled for season one of the Love and Dating Group with, with Dr. Dan, podcast filled with very valuable tip and advice, just like the one that you listened to today. My name is Dr. Dan Emzelang, and you may all stay safe, sane, and smart when searching for that special someone. Stay tuned for our next episode.